So I may be the only one, but there's times when I feel a little bit overwhelmed and surrounded by news. So on the TV, I can see loads of news. When I'm on my way to work or driving, there's news on the radio. When I'm scrolling through my social media, there's news that comes up on my news feed. We are very good, aren't we, as people at sharing the news that we've heard, so I hear it from other people as well. And I don't know about you, sometimes I can find it a little bit overwhelming. The dictionary definition of news is newly received or noteworthy information. We are receiving information all the time. We're in a time in history when information is so accessible to us, isn't it, through technology. It is there. It is so accessible for us. And there's a time where we hear great news and good news, that noteworthy information. And there's some times where we hear news that isn't so great. Has anyone heard of fake news? Fake news, yes. Fake news is created to discredit someone or to generate revenue. The existence of fake news can make it difficult to sieve out the good news from the fake news and to know what to believe. So we have decisions daily to know what to believe. We have decisions to make on what we are going to make. But today, I want to share with you some of the greatest news I have ever heard. Today is Easter Sunday. Today we celebrate Jesus' resurrection. We hear from Paul's writings in 1 Corinthians that he shares a creed that were passed on from the early church. And it says, For what I have received, I passed on to you as first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he has appeared to Cephas and then to the to the 12. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then he appeared to the apostles. What noteworthy information that the early church shared. What good news. I would argue it is the greatest news I have ever heard. Have you ever heard before such great news? And do you believe it? I never, ever want to take such good news for granted. I had the privilege growing up knowing the good news. My parents shared with me the good news. I, for most of my life, was at this church hearing the good news. But there was a time I remember where it hit me and I heard it and it became so real. I remember for years asking my parents if I could watch The Passion, a film that depicted Jesus' death. Who's seen The Passion in here and maybe at home you've seen it online. So it was an, it's an 18 because of the scenes that are so graphic. And I remember for years asking my mum and dad, please, can I watch The Passion? And they said, maybe when you're a bit older, maybe when you're a bit older. It came to my teenage years and they said to me, Natalie, I think you can watch The Passion if you want. They went out one night, and I was at home. They didn't know, but I decided, I'm going to watch The Passion. So I'm sat at home on my own, sat on the couch, and I watched The Passion for the first time. 
Tears streamed down my face as I watched my Jesus suffer the most horrible things for me. I sat there and tears rolled down my face. I got that desire once again to give my everything, to keep giving my everything for the one who had given his everything for me. Another moment hit me recently. I was reading an interview with a medical profession who spoke on the stress and suffering that Jesus would have suffered during the resur- uh, during him dying on the cross and the leading up to that. In Gethsemane, knowing what was to come for himself, in the Gospels it says that Jesus sweated blood. Well, we know there's a condition where you are so anxious that your sweat is actually tinged with blood, that we know that that is a condition. So when the Gospels are telling us this, it would seem that Jesus was experiencing these high level of anxiety that was causing his sweat to be tinged with blood. Not only that, this condition that you get from this extreme anxiety causes your skin to be tender. So the next day when he received the flogging, his skin would have already been tender from the anxiety he experienced in Gethsemane. The next day, he experienced a Roman flogging, which consisted of usually 39 lashes, sometimes more if the Roman was having a bad day. His body would have been struck by braided leather thongs that would have had metal balls and bits of bone attached to the end. He would have received a beating so bad that you could have been able to see his spine where his skin was torn apart by the hits and the pieces of the bone shredding his skin. Some would have died at such a beating from the shock of it. Others would have gone into a shock, a medical kind of shock. Um, I have got the names of it, you can ask me later because I'm probably going to pronounce them wrong. Which is where people suffer shock from losing such high level of volume of blood. They lose so much blood that they go into shock. And we can see in the gospel two signs of Jesus experiencing this. That one, when he was carrying the beam to Calvary, he collapsed. Which is a sign of the shock that he would have been going through from the beating. Another thing is part of the condition of being in such shock is you feel thirsty. So we know from the Gospels that we hear Jesus saying, I am thirsty. In there, he will have been going through the shock of what he had just received in the flogging by the Romans. Reading all of this, I started to squirm. I started to feel that sick feeling you get when you hear something so horrific. But Jesus hadn't even made it to the cross yet. The next part went through me as I read that Jesus would have had five to seven inch, a nail five to seven inches long that would have passed through his wrist. Well, the thing is, is in your wrist, you've got a, main, a major nerve that goes to your hand. And so that when you hit a nerve and you know how that feels, the immense pain that Jesus would have experienced as it goes through the nerve. And then not only that, as he was lifted up on the cross and his feet were hammered, another nerve gets hit, hit in his foot. It would have been intense pain for him. As his arms were stretched out on the cross, his body would have been, his arms would have been dislocated. 
and he would have slowly died from struggling to exhale as his body locked in the inhaled position, each time using energy to breathe, to, to push his body up so he could exhale. As he did that, the sores on his back would have rubbed on the rugged cross, and the, the nails that were in his foot would have pulled up once again, causing more pain from the nerve. All of this in order that he could exhale until it got too difficult, until it was too exhausting and he he breathed his last breath. We know from histories that these killings took place by the Roman soldiers, professional killers, and there's no doubt in my mind that Jesus died on the cross. It's It's Easter Sunday, why am I sharing that? Because the good news of it is, is Jesus died, but then we come and Sunday came. Noteworthy information that Sunday came and Jesus was resurrected. And we can read about the resurrection in the Gospels. All Matthew, Mark, Luke and John all speak of an empty tomb found by a group of women and then sightings of the resurrected Jesus. We hear from the early creed that Paul shared that many saw the resurrected Jesus. It was the greatest miracle of all times. One writer puts it like this. The resurrection is a supreme vindication of Jesus' divine identity and his inspired teaching. It's the proof of his triumph over sin and death. It's the foreshadowing of the resurrection of his followers. It's the basis of Christian hope. It's the miracle of all miracles. Praise Jesus. What good news. Reading Matthew's account of the resurrection, it says, and I'm just going to read it to you, it's from Matthew 28, verse 1 to 15. It says, After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples. He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. They will see me there. There they will see me. While the women were on their way, some of the guards went into the city and reported to the chief priests everything that had happened. When the chief priests had met with the elders and devised a plan, they gave the soldiers a large sum of money, telling them, you are to say his disciples came during the night and stole him away while we were asleep. If this report 
gets to the governor, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So the soldiers took the money and did as they were instructed, and this story has been widely circulated among the Jews to this very day. This account struck me. That in the time of people hearing the good news about Jesus, about Jesus' resurrection, the time of many people seeing Jesus for, himself, for themselves, the eyewitnesses of seeing the risen Jesus, at the same time there was fake news going around. There was fake news that were going around for the guards that had been paid to share such news, the fake news. What were people to believe? Well, I can't begin to tell you the amount of evidence there is for the resurrection. You can go and read about it for yourself. There is so much evidence out there for the resurrection of Jesus. But just now, I want to put a few reasons to you on why the disciples' report can be seemed reliable. One is, is that it was women who were the first to find Jesus. In society... Women's testimony, testimony was considered lesser. It wasn't considered value because they were considered lesser in society. So if a group of people wanted to devise fake news, there's little chance that they would have chosen women to be the first eyewitnesses of that. It doesn't make sense, which shows that the disciples were just sharing the accounts that had truly happened Another reason why a lot of people believed is because they saw skeptics believe. In James, he was a skeptic, and Paul mentioned him earlier that James saw. James was a skeptic who didn't believe Jesus' brother. And then we see Paul, a persecutor of the early Christians. Both of them, for themselves, saw the resurrected Jesus and believed and shared with others. Two people that were known as enemies of the, well, as Paul was known as an enemy of the cross, they both believed. People were seeing skeptics believe after seeing the risen Jesus. And another, the last reason I want to share with you today is that people, that people saw the group of people who were changed by this news. Their lives looked different than what they once looked before. That these people who had seen the risen Jesus, once maybe a timid group of people, were now courageous world changers with this good news to share. People saw something different in them. And I hope you don't mean, mind me being a little bold in my challenge to us today. But I've been extremely challenged by this. That if we were to truly grasp the good news of Jesus' death and resurrection, then our lives would look different. Our lives would share that good news. And I challenge myself with the question that when people look at my life, do they see some kind of fake news about it? Or do they see good news? Does my life look different because of this good news that I have received? It is vital we never forget the importance of the resurrection. The importance of the resurrection in the good news that we have received through Jesus. Here are just a few reasons on why the resurrection is good news. First thing is that the resurrection proves that Jesus was who he says he was. It is the ultimate proof that Jesus is who he says he was. 
Jesus was the Son of God and Saviour. We're here, as Anna said earlier, Old Testament, Old Testament prophecies that was prophesying about Jesus coming as the Son of God. Jesus was everything that he says he was, and the resurrection proves that. The resurrection proves that we can trust everything that Jesus said about himself. We can believe that Jesus, when he says he is the way, the truth, and the life, we can believe it because the resurrection proved it. We can believe that Jesus is the only way to the Father. The resurrection proves all of that. It is the final proof we needed that Jesus is who he says he was. The second thing that the resurrection brings for us as believers is that for every believer, we have hope and share in Jesus' triumph over death. And we look forward to the body resurrection of all believers. The bodily resurrection of all believers. Billy Graham puts it like this. For the believer, there is hope beyond the grave. Because Jesus Christ has opened the door to heaven for us by his death and resurrection. Jesus has opened the door to heaven. In 1 Peter 1 verse 3 to 6, we read, Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that cannot perish, spoil or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little, while you may have had, suffer, had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. Our lives are more, from the te- are for more than the temporary here on earth. And so when we face difficulties, we have a hope, a living hope that is in an inheritance for, waiting for us in heaven, knowing that we have a saviour who understands what it means to suffer. We have an everlasting hope, an everlasting hope. In my life, I praise God for the hope that I have that one day my Saviour is returning and I cannot wait for that day. No matter how tough it may get, we have hope, living hope. I've been really encouraged by Paul's writings that there's one line in one of his uh, letters that encouraged me that we need to make sure we do not move from that hope. In Colossians 1, verse 20 to 23, it says, For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behaviour, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. That is amazing news for me. Amazing news that God would reconcile us to himself 
himself through Jesus, that we turned away from God, thought we could do it on our own as mankind, as humankind, but God reconciled us to himself through the blood of Jesus. What good news. But Paul goes on to say, If you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. This is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven of which I, Paul, have become a servant. I would suggest that it is so important that we hold on to hope where fake news can creep in, fake news about Jesus, things we can hear Actually, it is so important that we hold on to the hope of the good news, to hold on to the new, hold on to hope of the gospel. It is so important that we hold on to hope. And that's why Paul shares it. He knows how important it is for us to cling on to that hope in Jesus. The last thing that I want to share with you about the resurrection and the importance of it is that in the resurrection, we see God's power at work, the same power that is available for us today. Ephesians 1 verse 19 to 20 says, I pray that you will know how great his power is for those who have put their trust in him. How great his power is for those who have put his trust in him. It is the same power that raised Christ from the dead. The same power put Christ at God's right side in heaven. As we put our trust in him, we can know that same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Wow. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead, we can know that power. As believers, we believe in the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. I mentioned how the disciples' lives looked different. And you can see that how the the disciples, the early church, they weren't monitoring on their own strength. They were monitoring on that of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit living in them, that they were in Christ, they knew who they were in Christ, and they had the Holy Spirit that were giving them the power to be the witnesses that, of Jesus' resurrection, of G- what Jesus had done, of Jesus' death and resurrection. In Acts, we find how after Jesus had rose from the dead and had a period with them, before he ascended to heaven, he said to the disciples to wait for a helper, to wait for the Holy Spirit. And that was so important for the disciples. For us, each day, we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit because we can't do this on our own strength. It's not about us, it's about us being in Christ and having the Holy Spirit overflowing in our lives, that we can live a life where we are displaying the fruits and the gifts of the Holy Spirit for all to see. So that when people look at us, we are living proof like the early disciples were of the resurrection. Living proof of the resurrection because of the Holy Spirit working in and through us. My big questions for us today is, and I hope you don't mind me being putting this challenge out for us today. One is, 
Do we truly, really believe in the death, of, and the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ? Do you truly, truly believe in Jesus' death and resurrection? The fact that God would reconcile us to himself through the death of Jesus. No one else could take the weight of our sin. Only Jesus. We alienated ourselves from God, but God made a way. God came and found us. God made a way that we can be holy and blameless before God and have a hope everlasting. Do you truly believe? And then my next question of part of the challenge of that is, does our lives reflect it? Do our lives reflect the resurrection power? Do our lives prove by people looking at it that Jesus did rise again because look at their lives, like that doesn't make sense. But it is through the Holy Spirit living within us. Today, I am so joyful. Today is a day of celebration of the good news. And may we go in assurance and hope that Jesus' death and resurrection brings. Let's go in that hope of the death and res- the hope that the death and resurrection brings for us all. And as we're filled with the Holy Spirit, let's give our lives to honour the one that gave his everything to us. The one who gave his everything for us. This happens to me quite a lot when I'm preaching, that as I'm praying the night before, God kind of gives me a bit of a nudge for something else, and I have to always kind of wait for that, because I feel like God's saying, you can do all of that, but you've got to rely on me and my spirit in what I'm saying. And last night, I just kept getting the words of, we will overcome by the blood of Christ and the, the testimony, and, st- and the power of our testimony. So we will overcome by the blood of Christ and the power of our testimony. And as I was doing, as, I, as these words were coming in my head last night, I was thinking of the fact of, yeah, through the blood of Jesus, all that Jesus has done for us, the fact that he was resurrected. But the thing of it is, is you can't argue with my testimony. You can't argue with my testimony. You can't argue with us as believers our testimony because I have seen the resurrected Jesus. I have experienced the resurrected Jesus in my life. I have seen him move in my life and I give my life for him. For me, it came to a point where I had to, before Jesus, repent because I had in, in sin where I maybe distanced myself from God, even in the fact of just trying to do it alone trying to feel like I don't need God, trying to do it on my own. But actually, when I'm hit with the good news of the cross, I know I can't do it on my own. I know I can't do it on my own. And in that moment, feeling that remorse of going, God, I am sorry. I am sorry for the times where I have tried to do it alone. I am sorry for the times in my life where I have belittled the cross and thought I can do it on my own when I know I can. It is only by, through the blood of Christ. It is only through the blood of Christ. And in my life, I have experienced time and time again that resurrection power where God has moved in incredible ways, where I have seen Jesus living and active in the world today. But I'm going to be a little bit honest with you. There are times where I'm like, God, I want more. Is that okay? God, I want more of your power. I want to see more of you working and moving in our world today. And so although I don't always get it right, there are times, there, there is this 
deep desire in me that I would be able to live with the Holy Spirit overflowing in my life so that when I go into the world, people see there's something different about her because I can't do it on my own strength. That when maybe at the school gates there's somebody that's struggling, that actually think there's something different in her, maybe I should speak to her. That when, as a team, as me and Ben are going into the schools and we're speaking to the children about Jesus and sharing Bible stories, that the children might look at us and see there's something different about them. Maybe this Jesus they're talking about is the real thing. That my children, as they look at me and how I live my life, I want them to say that everything she said was authentic. That she was real about what she was saying, that she truly loved Jesus. But I know I can't do that on my own. It's only through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so today, as it's a great day, it is celebrating the good news and the hope that we hold on to. Let's not live this kind of fake news that kind of we kind of hold on to, but let's fully live the good news. Let's live it out with the Holy Spirit overflowing in us. And as we come to worship now, maybe some of us need to move. We need to do something, whether that's for you raising your hand saying, yes, Jesus. Whether for some of you it's getting out of your aisles and dancing. For some, whether it's coming to the front and putting on, going to your knees and repenting once more. For some of us, it might be just opening our hearts and opening our arms and saying, Holy Spirit, fill me. Holy Spirit, fill me afresh. I've been trying to do this on my own. Whatever it is, let's not let this good news just kind of sit here but let it be living and active in our lives today so let's be a bit courageous now in that song earlier when it talked about the rattling it said move move do something and I don't know about you but when I hear this good news of my Jesus who died and then rose again I can't just sit I can't I can't what I mean by that is I can't just do nothing I've got to do something And so if you'd like to all stand to your feet. I hope you don't mind me putting these challenges out to you today. But I just want to pray for us. And then as we come to worship, as we come to cry out, all hail King Jesus. Let's go again. Let's move. Let's do something. Holy Spirit, right now, we invite you in this place. We say, please, Holy Spirit, fill us afresh. Fill us so it overflows in our life, that we would be living proof of Jesus' resurrection. That we would be living proof of Jesus' resurrection like the early disciples were. And dear Jesus, I pray we would hold on to hope. That we would never lose the miracle of all miracles that we would never lose sight of that we would never lose sight of the miracle of all miracles and the good news that it is so Holy Spirit we say you are welcome here in this place and we pray you would move afresh on us Amen